Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Spitting Feathers, the podcast for thirsty people. Our first series is all about the people of our home county, the Red Rose, the Lancashire legends. We begin this journey with one of Lancashire's biggest legends, the man they still call the King of Burnley, former chairman of Burnley Football Club, Barry Kilby. We're here at Turf Moor today with the man who is still known as the King of Burnley, Barry Kilby, former chairman of Burnley Football Club. And I think people will know um, Barry as the chairman of the uh, former chairman of the football club, now the vice chairman, um, and probably are aware of um, the work he's done around prostate cancer, but probably don't know that much about your early life and how we, how you got to owning a football club in effect. So um, you've been a Lancastrian your whole life. Um, you were born in uh, Blackpool. So you just want to tell us a little bit about, I guess. Um, your early life and where life started and the family firm, really, that set you on your path to success. Yes, well, my family uh, uh, all from Clayton Morris, mm-hmm. and uh, my, my uh, grandfather had a small print shop in there where he did his specialist thing of, uh, of lottery tickets. Yeah. Plus, he was a bookie on Blackburn, uh, dog, Blackburn uh, Dogs. Yeah. Uh, so, family deeply uh, uh, all came from Clayton Morris. Mm-hmm. Uh, we moved to Great Harwood when I was a small boy, so that's where I really grew up, in mm-hmm. Great Harwood. Mm-hmm. Um, obvious one, I uh, obviously uh, went to school in Clayton, yeah. uh, and then uh, passed my 11 plus, mm-hmm. and went to Clitheroe Grammar School from there. So I was very much, uh, uh, you know, a Lancastrian, yeah, yeah. And, and that's where I barely from. left the county. Sorry? You barely left the county. I barely so left, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you uh, you went to Clitheroe Grammar, and then once you'd done your A levels, you had a choice to make then, didn't you? And I think a lot of people won't realise well, that. Yes, like, like everybody else, then I went and took my A levels. I got a unity university place mm-hmm. at Hull for American studies. Okay, uh, I was very what excited. Was it attracted you to American studies? I, I just I just like history and geography. I was okay. an arts type rather yeah, yeah, than a yeah. science type. Yeah. Um, but I, I was very excited because Philip Larkin, who was my favourite poet, was a librarian there. Okay. And I was all thinking, oh, I'm going to meet <laughs> Philip Larkin. But just prior to uh, to going, uh, I was asked to play football for Clitheroe because I played at school. Mm-hmm. I was captain of the first team at uh, Clitheroe Grammar. And, the, and so I started to play for them. I think it was probably, I can't remember, the Lancashire combination there. Mm-hmm. And Burnley picked me up and asked me to come to Burnley. Wow. Well, with my family background and my dad, an absolute uh, yeah, fanatical dad, Burnley fan. Yeah, your dad had... And he'd become a Burnley fan almost by accident, hadn't he? Well, it's, it's a family story that yeah. uh, when he was uh, just a boy, eight years old, this is in the 1930s, mm-hmm. he pestered my granddad to go to a match. And he promised to take him on a certain Saturday. And... Uh, it just so happened that Burnley were at home that Saturday rather than Blackburn Rovers. <laughs> and, it could have been a very uh, different story. And so they called the bus to Burnley and my dad was hooked. Yeah. God knows what would have happened if we'd have gone and, to uh, Blackburn. You could, could have been the chairman of Blackburn yeah. instead. Well, I've kept <laughs> that quiet now. I've not <laughs> let that out to the public. Um, so, and then that picked it up. So Burnley. you were born a Claret, weren't you? I, really? I was born a Claret and uh, all sorts of stories about my dad. Uh, you know, he, he was in he was in the navy in the war, but he went to the '47 Cup final. Right. Then he started taking me. Uh, I went to the '62 Cup final with my dad, mm-hmm. 
and he had a season ticket here and I went I went to the games. So we've yeah. always been a, a Burnley family. Yeah. And uh, he was uh, he went to Naples. Um, and but Burnley fans when when they go as children, they tend, that tends to be it for life, doesn't it? I think there is something about this club. I, I, I honestly don't feel that there's a, uh, a, a, a town where in football where the town identifies with its football club like Burnley does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it really is right in the roots and mm-hmm. it, it's as though it belongs to everybody. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I really do think it's, it's pretty unique in that yeah. early football. Club. I mean, I know, I, I know I shouldn't really say this, but before the two games recently that I guess they weren't expected to win, but did, um, I spoke to a lot of people who weren't worried um, because it's still their club. They, even though Burnley were in the relegation zone, they, was, they said, some of them even said, well, we prefer championship football. It's always at a set time on a Saturday. Um, the love yeah, for the club. Yeah. The, I mean, people of course love the club. And you look at the history of the club, and everybody talks about the famous uh, Orient game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if we had lost that, I was told by Frank Teasdale, the club would have folded. Yeah. They'd have gone out of the league, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the finances to, to do anything. Yeah. Um, so that was a we we built ourselves back gradually mm-hmm. from that yeah, day, yeah. 1987, I think. Mm-hmm. To where we are now, scrapping out with Arsenal on the yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, um, and we'll just we'll just cover a little bit of. Uh, so you came to Burnley for a year. Yeah, and then what happened at the end of that I was, year? I was told I wasn't going to make the grade. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and how was that tough? It was because I guess you've given you've decided not to do your A level. Yeah, so what, what basically happened was I had to go back and went into the small. Uh, family business in uh, doing lottery tickets. And does that experience give you a lot of sympathy for the kids coming through today who, I I guess, they've committed their entire... And they start them early now, don't they? They do. They've committed their entire youth to it. and then If if you're in the youth team at Man United, you're probably earning 30 grand a week (laughs) when they get rid of you. Um, But, yeah, it's it's a tough tough business. And really at the top now, of course, with all the imports of foreign players... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it gets even tougher to break through that uh, that ceiling. Yeah. Um, so you go back into the family. But can yeah. I say, it can be a plus that toughness. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's not been easy in life. You've no. got to pick up and start again, as it is in my time when I was nineteen years of age. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the. I I, 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 I think to today, sometimes in society today there's a lack of resilience, isn't there? Uh, Life's full of rejection, isn't it, and things that go wrong? Certainly, yeah. I mean, what I had to do then, just as a for instance, of course, I had to then sort of like change, and I was rather shy, mm-hmm. but I had to go out like trying to get customers and speaking yeah. to customers and that, and it's sort of it's that sort of experience mm-hmm. that it teaches you can't choose, you've got to do it. Yeah. So, so you became Barry the salesman. I became Barry the salesman. The actual uh, company, mm-hmm. you know. They weren't too great. It was it was very tight, mm-hmm. and uh, it was actually got into trouble. Mm-hmm. And, and some bigger people came in and took it over. Okay, but they kept me on as like the, the uh, sales manager. Okay, mm-hmm. and so then that would be uh, 74, 75. Mm-hmm. So it was then owned by other people. Yeah, uh, but basically I had the same job, mm-hmm. uh, selling scratch cards and everything all around. Football. I wanted it forty thousand miles in a in a year. Right. I had to go up to Scotland, you know, and yeah. I had all those clubs. Then down to uh, 
um, London so, uh, Orient and all these sorts of people. But I guess you were you still within the football sphere. The sport that it you was were. very much the clients were yeah. football clubs. Yeah, yeah who so ran, dream, who ran really. lotteries. Yeah. Um, then, uh, very basically, one of our big clients was an Irish company that worked. There was the, they did all Ireland, and they wanted to break into the UK. Yeah. So they came to me and said, "We want to set up a company in the UK." Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll provide the the, uh, the capital, yeah. and we'll own it fifty-fifty with you. Yeah. So that's that was I was back then in ownership of a company, mm-hmm. working in the same sphere because they printed yeah, the tickets yeah. then that yeah. we did. Yeah. Um, but it was so strange that obviously everyone was like concentrated on uh, uh, you know scratch cards, break ovens, mm-hmm. half-time draws, lotteries. But the Almighty was looking after me in some way. I've had some lucky breaks in mm-hmm. uh, in, in my business career. But uh, what just came in then was uh, somebody had the idea of newspaper bingo. Okay. And it was where you put a bingo card out in the circulation area. Yeah. And but publish the numbers in the newspaper to play. Okay. So we had to buy the newspaper. Okay. Every yeah, day. Yeah. Okay. To play your game. Yeah. And. It just broke, and the certain skill with that is how do you? It's all right producing bingo tickets uh, for like with ten thousand combinations. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll never have much more than let's say a thousand people play. Yeah. What do you do if there's forty thousand people play? Yeah, yeah. I knew just through all my family's background about how to scramble numbers on a printing press. Yeah, yeah. And get. I could get millions of combinations. Yeah, yeah. So we could do that. Yeah. So I, I sort of moved into that in the provincial evening telegraph down the road was okay. my first client. Yeah, yeah. And it worked. Yeah. It and was just setting up that business. How daunting was that? Going from working for somebody well, else. Well, I, I, I was a partner of them. Yeah, yeah. They produced it, but the actual business itself, I was a fifty-fifty partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we so worked so on. I got a salary support. out of that. We worked on what profits we'd and, make. And you had good support, I guess, from the beginning. It wasn't like you were on your own. Um, well, I'm, in a way, I was on my own. They were over in Ireland, yeah, but, yeah. but you know, I knew the the, the, the clients and everybody. Yeah. yeah. But it was this new thing came in, mm-hmm. and then it. It, it's, it, it worked. Mm-hmm. The circulation of the Telegraph went up. Then did one get all these different provincial I papers. Bet, I bet they'd love that today. <laughs> well, get the circulation again, of it's, local it's moved then. again, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then a fabulous breakthrough that I had was uh, I got a call from The Sun mm-hmm. in London. And it was owned by Rupert Murdoch. Mm-hmm. Are, are you this guy that does these cards? Yeah. And it was... Uh, well, can, can we come down and have a chat with us? So I went down and talked with them. Yeah, can you do them? Can, can you get cameras combi- uh, uh, combinations out? Do you know when the winners will come out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, oh, okay. So, can, can we come and speak to you? We want to, we want to, to try a game. Now, this was the, we, the being Murdoch. Yeah. It was uh, a national newspaper. Mm-hmm. And I've been used to, like... Uh, you know, providing, let's say for the evening until you have 300,000 cards yeah. and I charge per thousand, yeah. 500,000 making 1,500 pounds. Yeah, yeah. So I'll never forget it. At the end of the conversation, yeah, this is how it's done. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, um, by the way, I was doing it through Hamilton Publications, a, a, a printing works in Burnley. Okay. That for me. Okay. 
I, I said, well, how do you want, how many do you want, Mr Murdoch? He said, now, I put about a fiver on the, my markup. Mm-hmm. He said, 26 million. <laughs> he said, I'm going to drop it in every household in the UK. At the car. So I, mul- I multiplied 26,000 thousands yeah. by a fiver. I thought, I've just made 130 grand. <laughs> but is that when you realised you were onto a big winner? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and newspaper games took over. And was that quite a defining moment? That yes, that, that was it. Were onto a winner, yeah. yeah, and like the lottery sort of became more background. Still yeah. did them. Yeah, yeah. But then in this newspaper market, and there were two things about it. One was like, you know, obviously it was a much bigger market, but also there was no expertise abroad to produce these sorts of cards. And when Bill Zeitung in Germany saw it, we want to do this, there was no German people that could do it because they didn't have those skills that my granddad got in Blackburn (laughs) Docks. They're all state monopolies. So it was absolutely, you know... Mm -hmm. um, So you became the world leaders in it. I did. Oh, yeah. Built Zeitung, you know, all these like Spanish and French newspapers. Murdoch was very good as well because he has all these papers around the world, Chicago sometimes, the Aussie ones. So I had a world market then for this. And then he was instrumental, strangely, in another massive uh, boost that came up in that he he owned the Times. And the Times was struggling with about 200,000 combinations. Mm-hmm. It was rather snooty the times as well. They didn't mm-hmm. like this uh, yeah. this Australian <laughs> guy who owned yeah. it. And he came to me and said, how do I play bingo in the times? I said, well, leave it with me, mm-hmm. Mr Murdoch. Uh, and I invented a game called Portfolio. Okay. And it was, a, it was a game that was like, you got like a credit card number. Yeah. Num- Per- permutation, and you played it against the movement of shares on the share page. Wow! In the Times, how did you come up with that? Well, it was just in my background. Yeah. Again, was it like a must kill me, can't hold money, but <laughs> yeah. you know, we have this expertise. <laughs> and basically, it was just from I've done three higher scores before and okay. all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, but we presented like a credit card. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it went. Really big on it again. Tons yeah. of tons of uh, criticism yeah, yeah. about it. You, um, private Eye called it Dingo. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, Australian. Yeah. Yeah. And we doubled the circulation of the Times. Wow. So then straight away had another product that went all around the world as well. So to I guess the, to the more, uh, you know, what should I say, market, studious newspapers, La Republic in France, yeah. Um, yeah. in uh, Italy, I beg your pardon. So I guess, right, not, not just have you I, um, led the scratch card up, but what would you call it? Is it gambling? Promotional games. Promotional games. You're free, you know, you yeah. can't pay for yeah, it. Yeah. You think. So you, not only did you lead the promotional games market, but you had a, a really positive impact on national newspaper titles in terms yes, of boosting their circulation. Yes, it, it worked all around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had portfolio, mm-hmm. bingo, then other games came in. Yeah. And then another way was I, I was asked... Uh, could we do a game? It was, it was only a small one to start with in Gibraltar of all places. And could we do a, a, a game that would work on telly? Mm-hmm. And they were doing a game show that produced numbers and wanted people to get extra revenue by selling cards okay. and be played against the game show. And I did that. 
and it was picked up by a company called GTEC. Okay. Who they still do. They still make games. They, well, they do all the terminals for the National Lottery, yeah. 26,000 terminals across right. the UK and all around the world, a billion dollar company. And basically, they came to we can do this through a lot of our clients. So we, we called it, sounds very old fashioned now, Tele Bingo. Okay. And we, 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 we got game shows devised. Mm-hmm. And we went out, we, uh, they would do a game show, but also they could get extra revenue by people playing tickets on numbers that were generated during the game show that they bought through the GTEC terminals. Okay. It went really the very first. It went really massive in Eastern Europe that one. Wow! Um, and was it your? So were you always the one that came up with these? Well, ideas? I, I was the, the ideas the, man. The games man. Yeah. Obviously, the game show we got professional people yeah, in yeah. to do that. It's mm-hmm. television. Yeah. But yeah, and so much goes back. Yeah. To me, family background. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah, people yeah. did all these games when lotteries were very small. We found that got into trouble with tons of times legally on stuff yeah, we could yeah, do yeah. Yeah. and different types of games three highest scores and so all them combinations of numbers have, have you always been good with numbers? I, I wasn't super at maths but somehow I have Just yes I can't, I can't you yeah. know what I mean uh, yeah I am pretty good permutations all yeah. this sort of stuff but problem solving but, sort of. uh, and it's it, it, I was lucky for um a foreign market, if mm-hmm. you like, that really there was nobody like that yeah. in foreign countries because we, the, the, the English, British, mm-hmm. had before the na- National Lottery came in 94, it was a whole plethora of stuff. Yeah. That's why it had the pools, it was, it was unique to England with yeah, the pools yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, did, did the market start to struggle at all? The, the um, promotional games market? Uh, well, obviously, well, if I could just, yeah. what happened then? Basically, uh, GTEC, we were mm-hmm. successful together and everything. What happened was, in 1998, my, my, my firm was at Blackburn, we had about 50 people who worked for us in Blackburn, mm-hmm. uh, bought me out, Okay, basically. And it was still strong then. Mm-hmm. But obviously, over the last 20 years now, yeah. with the, you know, what's happened in the uh, communications yeah, market yeah. and, and uh, mm-hmm. newspapers... Yeah. losing circulation and people getting the news off their phones so do, you and everything. F- do you feel like you sold at the right time yeah yeah so again the almighty was looking at me and yeah, I, was little, yeah. I was a little bit uh, yeah uh, lucky lucky in that yeah, yeah. although um, i've got my business now talking yeah. gaming solutions mm-hmm. where we, we and that's lotteries at football that's lotteries at football clubs, clubs one started, county cricket club yeah. and one charity mm-hmm. and it's back from where i started there's yeah. a lot more on, on social media and yeah, all this yeah, sort yeah. of thing, yeah. and less on printed ch- printed chances. Mm-hmm. So yes, the, the newspaper market's gone now. Yeah. They can do games yeah. by, via the you know by being online. Yeah. So yes. And have you um, have you ever had have you had any other business interests out of promotional games? We'll cover the football club later on. Um, no, mm-hmm. like I, um, I went into Total Gaming Solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I had to work five years still at uh, Europrint, yeah, that's yeah. Of my company by the way, Europrint, mm-hmm. and it, uh, 2002, yeah. I left then mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, went into Total Game Solutions, mm-hmm. yeah. but the football had took over. Mm-hmm. What, what so yeah, let's talk about the, well, the involvement with Burnley, how you went from being a fan to okay. a shareholder. Again, timing's there. 
Mm -hmm. uh, I sold out in 1998. Mm -hmm. And what happened was that uh, they were in real trouble, Burnley. Yeah. Um, the bank were trying to, on their back, they owed them three million quid. Uh, they were really struggling. Mm -hmm. they were trying to, Burnley were trying to find a buyer for the club. And it just coincided with me getting my payments. Yeah, and were you quite well connected here anyway by that time? No, I, I wouldn't say. I, we, we, we take it over there in the James Hargreaves. Yeah. Um, so I came and watched games and mm -hmm. sometimes hospitality. I, yeah. I sponsored the odd match. But no, not with the yeah. board. Okay. Um, my dad had died by then, by the way. Mm -hmm. My dad died in the 80s. Oh, okay. um, but it just coincided. So how does that work then? You think, they're in trouble, I'm going to help. They, what do you do? Pick up the phone and say, go yeah. speak to the chairman? Yeah, no. but basically, I think I, originally I got a call from one of the directors. Because what happened was, when, it, when I sold there, there was a big splash on the evening telegraph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they picked up on that. There's somebody has a bit of money here, yeah. and they gave me a, a ring, mm -hmm. and so I had meetings. And were you thinking of that before they rang? Or uh, not absolutely. No, I wouldn't no. say so. Because I wasn't quite aware of the the club. We were struggling at the bottom of the third division, division in English football. But they wouldn't be publicising how. Uh, there were like stories about X was trying to buy it and Y was trying yeah. to buy it. So I just had one meeting. So I took it on from there. And was that quite a quick process? Yes, it was. Did you decide there and then? Or? Yeah, really? I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, very basically, uh, I think I had discussions with him from about October 98. Yeah. Roughly. And then uh, we did the deal at the end, just around about December. Okay. I took over in December. Um, and then, I knew, I, I, and then I did a new shareholding. I didn't want to saddle with debt. Yeah, yeah. So I did a new share mm -hmm. uh, uh, issue yeah. in January. And of course, I bought most of the shares, yeah. put the money in. Yeah. And I was the owner. Wow. Wow. And uh, what was that moment like, becoming the owner of your body? Well, obviously, I had a little bit of a quiet word with my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and. Sure. Uh, uh -huh. You know, it was something to come back to. Yeah, yeah. And, and other way as well, but I tried to make it as a footballer and, and gone yeah, out yeah. and everything like and that. It must have been quite something from two months before, really not, three months before, not really planning on doing it, to walking around the yeah. place and being the owner of the club. That's, a little bit. It's quite a lot of responsibility as well. But it was, it? we were struggling, you know, at the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I mean, well, you've got. I paid off the overdraft, maybe I should have kept it really, yeah. I thought later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you look, like you said earlier, that um, you've not seen a town like Burnley no. back in the club, but that must put a huge amount of pressure then on the chairman's shoulders because you've got a town on your back, haven't you? A little bit, and they were waiting to see. Certainly Frank and everybody had had a very tough time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, really setting... No, that's right. Set, setting, uh, trying to get in his house, just like what's happened to the Man United guys. Yeah, that's, yeah. And there was a lot of antagonism. So the, and, the, and the manager was Stan Turnant, yeah. who wasn't speaking to them. Okay. Yeah. It was a real mess. And did you have to come in and bang heads together? Um, uh, bang heads? Well, the board had to go, bought all them out. Okay. Um, it was a thing of picking up and giving people. They'd never had a chief executive. So just like that was run, where all the directors were trying to. One was doing the shop, and one. Was, no, we yeah, do it yeah. properly and professionally. So, 
so it's the first, you come in and you're the first, I guess, chairman who then thinks, no, we're going to be a professional football club. You're not going to run the shop. You know, it's not. No, it's, it's not the local that cricket team. Also, of course, I had to, the manager there, Stan Turnant, mm-hmm. fallen out yeah. and, uh, with them. So I, I met with him. Yeah. I think it helped where I gave him the money to get Steve Davis in. Yeah. Seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we started to. He started to. Go. Yeah. We started to get together. Yeah. So you had to build pull it together. Yeah, just like you do with all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so did that take a long time to build the trust? Or was it? No, quite no. Quick? I think it was pretty good because there was an optimism that came around. Yeah. There. yeah. We had a in, during that season. We had a, a real moment. What would it be? Probably about uh, February, March. Mm-hmm. We had a, 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 we lost five one at home to Gillingham. Mm-hmm. And six one at home to Man City, or maybe just the other way yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you going to sack him? Are you going to sack him? So I had a big no. We mm-hmm. carry on and did it. We brought some players in mm-hmm. and we survived. And then, of course, following season, we got promoted yeah, yeah. to the championship. Yeah, we've never got lower than that since. Yeah, I was in the, in two thousand. Wow. And when it comes, because I, I don't know whether you'll tell me, but how many managers have you had to sack? Uh. Because I always wonder how what goes. I think it's five. Okay, it's it's difficult. And and does does it essentially come down to your decision? Right, they've got to go. Yeah, yeah. And then you. And how quick is it then? You in my office now. Sort of. Uh, I mean, uh, Brian Laws. I rang you from New York. (laughs) No, don't get me wrong. I I had a board then. I got got other investors coming in. Please don't let you think I was on the own. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I attracted new directors in that also put money in the club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Became shareholders in the club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd discuss it with them. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a. And uh, well, I wasn't I, a ty- tyrant's the wrong no, word, no, no, but no. you know what I mean. I, no. Yeah, and, they, and because there were some great brains there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. were, were there any? Were there any ever any disagreements over? Uh, at the board level over when, um, a, when a manager should go no ultimately this was my decision yeah um, but more or less mm. everybody agreed it was time to go but, uh, Stan was a hard one to do yeah because we picked up and gone through mm-hmm. through and, there uh, 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 and often do they know do they know anywhere that it's time to go quite often I suspect they have a suspicion yeah because yeah. um, it's obviously it's usually when results are going bad or, or you're mm-hmm. not doing too well in the case of Owen Coyle he, he left us yeah, yeah, yeah. he left us in the lurch I might say as yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but generally it's, it's where we need a change mm-hmm. um, and how difficult Eddie Howe left us as well he wanted to go back down to Bournemouth because yeah. he couldn't settle in the north of England so I suppose it's not always no. you know when the you know, it's time to go. And is is the conversation difficult to have, or is it because I mean, football managers are used to being sacked, aren't they? I think it's there in the job and the yeah. job description, and they know that it's down there. Mm-hmm. And if you've given them like you know, it's been their decisions who to mm-hmm. sign, and it's not worked, then they've got to stand by mm-hmm. the decisions they've and made. But it's never it's never great because I usually have a a good relationship with the yeah, managers. Yeah. Um, and I, I I've always wondered, and we might. Include this, and we might not. But um, because in in real life, you can't just walk in and sack somebody, can you? They've got to have done something wrong. Or so I presume it's a redundant, not a redundancy, but a pay. You pay the contract. You've got a contract. Yeah, yeah. And so you pay the contract. Yeah. 
um, that, that's what they I do. do. Yeah, I know so they, they might have 18 months left and you, yeah. you pay the contract up. Mm-hmm. They get 18 months money. So it's quite an experience. You're not going to make that decision lightly because it can be an no, expensive no, you've job. No, no, you've got to do it. You've, you've got to pay it and do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. It's, it's not easy. And then let's talk a little bit about what happens. So all of a sudden, no manager, you've appointed an interim. How do, what happens in that search for a new manager? Well, it goes out there, right out into the public, and, how do you, and how you, do, do you have your interviews. And you do get, people start contacting oh you? Oh yeah, you'll get about 60 people coming in yeah. straight away, yeah. and you, you narrow it down in your own mind, how do they get in touch with you? Just through agents? Or yeah. Yeah. yeah, it comes in, or we, we might, if there's somebody around we might do it, but essentially... Yeah. You put the thing out there and see who comes in. Yeah. Oh, sometimes you might have somebody in mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. won't go too much into detail no, there. No. We think, gosh, he's done great there. Let's yeah. interview him. So you invite them up. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's either one. And do you have to sneak them through the back door? A little bit. Yeah. You've, got to, you've got to have it, uh, you know, maybe you'll meet him in London yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and and you go through the process. In my house, I've done quite a few up in my house. Yeah. In, in, I live in Richester. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. so we'll come out to there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I guess you don't want. It, well, some people won't in 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 the end end up leaving the job, will they? Because no, quite a few. Yeah. Quite a few have got the job. Yeah. But yeah, Burnley's so a more attractive be, proposition yeah, than yeah, you know exactly. a lower league club. Mm-hmm. So it's. It's just one of those, you know, and, and, and just... Is that quite an exciting time? I, I mean, it, it, well, I guess it, you could... Getting rid of someone is probably because you're at a bad time, and then very very quickly you're trying to move to a positive position, aren't you? Is, is that quite exciting, appointing a new manager? Yeah, I think exciting is not, not, not a bad verb for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's obviously, you, you want to hope you've made the right decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know... You've got to give them the budget and watch mm-hmm. what they go and see yeah. what they're going to spend on. Mm-hmm. Have your conversation. Who do you think? Where do we need strengthening? Yeah. You go through all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and that, that's part of the interview. Quite yeah. often, we're asking these questions, and does it correspond yeah. with the way that you feel? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know, yeah. it's it's a big thing, and actually, we made a fabulous decision with Sean Dyche. I've got yeah, to say, absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, I, well. It speaks for itself, doesn't it? it? Was it and he'd only had half a season at Watford mm-hmm. when we signed him. Yeah. But yeah. something about him was there. and uh, He just has this really good feeling about him as well, doesn't he? And I think he understands the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it came in at a, I mean, a it, tough time. He, he's one of the longest serving managers, isn't he? Now? He is, though. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Our relationship's really good, he understands. Yeah. Uh, I'll be having a drink with him tonight. Yeah, good. We have good. our ten point parties. What's uh, okay? Every okay. ten points. Wow. We go out. Good. Because he his family is still down in Northampton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, during the week he has to be he's in Warley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. and I'm quite near to there. Yeah. He started yeah. off. Well, that's come good. to the house, then let's yeah. have a drink and. Oh, that's good. So he. Uh, that we, have, we we meet up every ten points. <laughs> Uh, have a few drinks and go out for a meal. So sometimes you're meeting up every other week. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah we, 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 we've just hit 30 <laughs> points, so we, we smack on to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to get one arranged. Yeah, yeah, um, good. So, and when it, comes to, when it comes to buying players, um, because Burnley aren't known for spending the sort of money that some of the huge clubs spend, but they've done very well by not doing that, though. But often, some of the fans whinge a little bit every uh, transfer season that 
are we going to spend any money? When it, but when it comes down to the technicalities of buying players, how does that decision land? Does the manager come to you and say, right, I'm interested in this person, it'll cost this much, and you approve or don't approve? Or Very basically, yeah. yeah. We have a budget there, how much can we spend? I'm going to say criticism. I didn't get criticism. They used to pick up on it quite a lot when I took over. And like, why are we signing so-and-so and all yeah. this? And I always had one phrase that I used. I said, I'll never bet the ranch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And looks what's happened to other Lancashire clubs like Bolton and Berry. Yeah. And we haven't got a billionaire um, Kuwaiti no, no. Uh, putting money no. in to do it. We've got to run it properly. We're absolutely now... We've always been debt-free, other than maybe, that's not quite true, yeah. director's loans going in, but you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. We're, we've, we're debt-free, mm-hmm. we have a substantial amount of money in the bank, it's nothing like well, that it, it's one, it's one of the, But it's one of the best-performing clubs in the Premier League, Absolutely. Isn't it, in terms of this, how solid the club uh, is. Boynefield now, we spent £12 million on Boynefield, yeah. that's ours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a super training place, that's ours. Mm-hmm. So, no, we can't go and buy a player for 30 million out yeah. of our own cash. Yeah. Now, we can do a bit of trading and everything, and mm-hmm. um, we just done one yesterday. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, that's. And that's how long do, So, obviously, you'll know, you'll know about, well, you'll be part of the discussions for that before it happens. How, how quick's that process to um, get a new player? It, it can take a long time. Mm-hmm. It can be. Uh, it, it can be pretty quick. Yeah. We've got agents these days. Yeah, yeah. Bane of my life. <laughs> uh, actually, there's a poet in that book. There, oh, okay. in that book about you, me meeting an agent. Are you quite? Are you quite into your poetry? Because you mentioned yeah. it earlier, and then there's uh, in the um, in the booklet here, the Barry Kilby. Yeah, there, are, there, there are two poems at the back, at the back of there, and I've, I've written quite a few. Okay. And uh, yeah, Barry the poet as well. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But. Um, yeah, the agents now. Mm-hmm. It's it's strange, really, and I've just been talking now. I'll just yeah, to celebrate. You know, normally you yeah, it's, you, you're a person and you have an agent yeah. who negotiates for you. And when it's, the, the negotiation is done, you pay the agent for the work he's done for you. Yeah. Not in football, the agent then demands his his money. From the bloody people he's been signed the, oh, okay. the person to, yeah. and so they put that on, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they can be a bit tricky. They've got obviously they've got bigger and bigger in mm-hmm. all this, and, and the money's it? got absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, with like billionaire people. Mm-hmm. There's only five uh, English people now have clubs in the Premier League, mm-hmm. English owned. Yeah, um, um, well, because uh, yesterday on Twitter I asked people. What they thought I should ask you today, and they. Uh, but one of the questions was, do you th- do you think you can ever see a time when foreign investment will come into the club or take over this club? I'm not right sure about that. Yeah, we're Burnley. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's coming in. I, would, I don't. Would, I don't would, think this person was saying it that it was in a positive way. No. <laughs> would Would you buy Crystal Palace in London or an old Lancashire mill town like Burnley? Yeah. I, I used to have a joke for that one as well. Yes, we do have these Chinese who are interested, and they came to Manchester, mm-hmm. and they were driving to Burnley. They got to Bakerp and turned round. <laughs> Sorry, Bakerp. <laughs> it could have been anybody I used. Um, it, 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 I, I don't it's think... A, it's a club... Vil- but I think... Well, I it, I, you know, being this Lancashire town, mm-hmm. 
I don't think it's quite as attractive mm -hmm. as, uh, you know, a, 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 even the Manchester, you know, I think London, big cities, and it's hard. I think a lot of people will be happy with that, though, won't they? That it's not I, as attractive. I hope so. Yeah. And if we do get relegated, we'd get relegated, mm -hmm. we go down strong. But you don't think we're going to We've come back three. No, but you've got a little bit of a isn't it? It's the way, it's the, way the and, world works. And, you it's know, like I say, if we do go down, let's go down strong mm -hmm. and let's bounce back like we have three yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and try and work it that way. Mm -hmm. um, but will I, somebody come in? I really don't it, know. But it is they, a, could from, they could, but, it, you know, and, and I guess it's down to the board then as to whether they want want to make that decision to sell to foreign investors but it's, it is a club built on strong British values isn't it, it it's yeah. got great homegrown talent um, an English, a British manager yeah. it's, it's got no, to be you, one of you the could most never traditional lose, you clubs. could never rule it out yeah, no, no, I can't no. say that um, the way the Premier League is if you yeah. did get a billionaire Burnley, maybe Burnley could get into the top yeah. six but do you do you think people are that bothered about? I think Burnley fans are just glad to be here. Aren't I think we? I think we are. Mm -hmm. I think we are. Yeah. Um, but it's always going to be a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And you have to go to be frightened of the alternative. Right. I'm going to say for the last time, if you go down, go down strong. Yeah. Money to spend, back. no debt. Yeah. And of course, you've built, um, or between you all, you've built one of the most um, successful and stable football clubs in the country. Um, how have, how have you done that? How have, because there are other clubs in a far worse position than Burnley are, and I think do you think that's down to your previous business acumen? Well, or? first of all, all the all the directors of the club are from Burnley. Yeah, three now live down south. Mike, who's the chairman, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. uh, the biggest shareholder now. Mm -hmm. um, but all the directors have Burnley roots. Yeah, yeah grown up here, some have had to move away for their, yeah, their yeah. livings and that, but it's still there, that, mm -hmm. that strong Burnley at heart. That, so that Burnley at heart. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to yeah. how we react. And we'd be absolutely we can't gamble with this damn thing yeah, that's yeah. passed into our ownership. Yeah. We're almost caretakers are yeah. almost caretakers of this thing that's yeah. that means so much to the people of Burnley. Mm -hmm. And of course you stepped down as the chairman when you became ill in what year was it? 2012. 2012, when you um, found out at a trip at Cheltenham Races. <laughs> that was right. I got a phone call at Cheltenham Races. Mm -hmm. I had a, a, a general. Um, uh, gosh, what's the word I'm after? The, a general checkup. Checkup well thing. Yeah. And uh, part of it was the PSA test. Mm -hmm. And it was the PSA was through the roof. And I said, I got this call up. Cheltenham races, come up now, come on, you've got a problem. Mm -hmm. So I, I came up, obviously there's a problem, then you go to have the, the, you know, the, the full scans yeah. and everything like that. So yeah, you've got prostate cancer. Uh, we said, unfortunately, it has got out of the prostate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, we need to get your, your medication going now and the chemotherapy and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided, well, I'm going to have to step down yeah, as yeah. chairman. Um, so, luckily, 
had a lot of great advice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, fully enough, uh, David Sullivan at West Ham was very inspired. Seeing these people in London, the tops, okay. camp, camp yeah. sort of thing in uh, Wimpole Street. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky enough to be able to afford the very best yeah. of, of uh, uh, treatment. Yeah. And I'm going to say, luckily again, in inverted commas, where it, it thought it could, you know, you might do this for two years and then we've got to think again. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've, it's gone right through. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still here. Yeah, you're still and standing. I've, I've, I'm still standing. <laughs> and I've, I've, I've literally done now nearly eight years. Wow. On that, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you feel healthy? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Good. As I said to you before, I've got triple heart bypass and yeah. the pacemaker. <laughs> they took second division now yeah, yeah, yeah. to prostate cancer. Yeah. Uh, and, and was that because uh, obviously you've no idea a bolt from the blue? How much did that rock you when you when you were diagnosed with that? With the prostate cancer? Yeah, yeah. Very much. Yeah. Because it it was out of the prostate. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we'll do well here, lads, to do three years yeah. type of stuff. And you've got to step back from the thing that you love. Yeah. To concentrate on. Yeah, but, you know, luckily it went to Mike. Uh, John B. John Vineskiewicz mm-hmm. took over as chairman. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mike took some of my shares. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then when he realised a couple of years down the line that I was here. still here, <laughs> still alive, uh, he asked me mm-hmm. to become his vice chairman. And, and that's how we've gone forward now since then. And how hands-on is the vice chairman role? Well, it's more advisory than chairman, yeah. obviously. Yeah. The chairman I guess is the it's chairman. A good, it's a good setup because you've chaired it for so long. You can offer I advice. Think, I think uh, you know I am a, there, yeah. and I can give some advice of experience of what's happened in the past. How, how often are you here at Turf Moor? Quite a lot because yeah. obviously Mike and and. Some of the directors are down south, yeah, yeah. so they can't be quite as involved in the yeah, in day to day and one or two things. Yeah. So I'm I so am the day to day on the ground a lot of the time. Quite often, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so on the back, you've you've got you have prostate cancer, you've survived, what? and then you decide right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something good out of this and. What, what happened was, obviously, it was the, it's the PSA test, which is a simple blood test mm-hmm. uh, that, that I had it. If I hadn't had it, I'd be dead now. Yeah. But men don't go and ask for tests and that. We're not yeah. that. There's no national screening in the UK. No, no. So we got this idea, and the people for the uh, East Lancashire Prostate Cancer Group had done a little bit of a thing here. Yeah. Uh, where they thought about, and they had done a... Uh, you know, a, a small yeah. test, and I thought, well, this is great. Why don't we roll this out through football? Mm-hmm. So we took it over. Uh, I, I phoned the charity, Barry Kilby Prostate Cancer Appeal. Yeah. Um, and we went to uh, Burnley. The first time we did it, I wonder how many people would go. Beauty of a football club is, you, they won't, men won't go on their own to the doctors. But yeah. they, will, they will go down to a, the football club with their mates. Yeah, yeah. And also, the football club can generate a ton of publicity. Yeah, so basically what you do is you organise mass screenings. We do. At football clubs around got, the UK. We've got our own uh, phlebotomist team. Wow. Uh, we have our own people we send the results to. And people... We tell people that, 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 you know, what the results are. Mm-hmm. We have a go red. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, red, amber, green. Yeah. Green, you're okay. Yeah. Amber, ooh, watch Gosh, this. Yeah. Red, go now. You yeah. have a big problem. Yeah. And doing that, mm. it probably works out. I looked at the stats the other day. Six or seven percent are in red. Wow. When they wow. come, and it's it's been over the years now about four or five hundred, four four thirty, I think, not yeah. five hundred. Sorry, for about four thirty men. That we reckon we save lives wow. by going and they pick it up. Which is a huge number. But then, it, it's like <laughs> the first time we did it at, at Burnley here, we put the publicity in and everything like that. And uh, we had a, a queue going out the door and we ran out of needles. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to go and like say, look lads, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, we'll do uh, it again. But I always use these football terms. We'll have a replay yeah. and, uh, and, and come back. Yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, is and this the best? Is Burnley the best attended? It, it is the biggest one. Yeah, I get, I, I can get like five hundred people coming. And do you try and get to the testings yourself? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, it, it, we, we're getting better as we go along now. Yeah. Where people come and queue, we've yeah. just got a, a system now. We've just put in mm-hmm. where we can uh, uh, you can you can book your time. So okay. when it all they're given the time when yeah. we've got you down. For people, for people who might worry about how intrusive it might be, it's just literally coming out of a blood, blood test. test. It's a blood test. It's a blood test. Yeah. Just take the blood out of you. Now, if, if you're in the red, then you do go to more intensive yeah, yeah, treatment. Yeah, but there's no reason to not come and have a blood test. You've got to keep it going on. It's just gone up. It was quite in the, in the news this week, I think. It's mm-hmm. got there were 15,000 deaths last. Wow. It's overtook breast cancer. And, it's death. and how? It's mainly older men. Yeah. We do uh, men over 50 or over 45 who've seen the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's worked. So we've we built this up now. Mm-hmm. Um, we we we're going through football. As I said to you, uh, uh, it must. Be. We've just done Rochdale Football Club. Mm-hmm. I've got Accrington Stanley next week. Yeah. But then onto that, I've a real biggie. I've got Manchester City coming. Okay. Yeah. And then we've got about four more. And we're just having a slight break in the summer. Ended with Burnley in June. Yeah. Then we pick up again. Uh, and what what did you say the criteria is for coming to one of these tests? Is can anybody come? Anybody over fifty? Okay, over get 50. tested. Oh, yeah. And even if you came last year and you were green, come so again. They, they've got to be over fifty to come to the test. We say for yeah, over yeah. fifty. Yeah, Somebody was thirty and yeah, walked in. Yeah. We, we but, send yeah, them away, but it's a you, bit early. Yeah, you're testing the people that maybe. And forty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, Afro-Caribbean men are much yeah. more susceptible as well. Okay. Enough. Okay. Uh, you know, there's a bit of ethnicity okay. thing in it. It must cost quite a lot to run. It, it does. Setup. How do you fund? How well, is that funded? Various things we do. I mm-hmm. wrote my book as yeah. good as some. Mm-hmm. Um, that's raised about twenty odd grand now. Oh wow! Uh, but we, we do, as you'd guess, mm-hmm. of the Barry Kilby prostate cancer campaign lottery. Yeah, yeah. yeah we run our own lottery. Yeah, yeah. And that that creates a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, donations is fabulous. I've got a fabulous one coming off. Mm-hmm. It's the bike ride. Uh, the, 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 the goes from the club. Okay. I've got I've got there are forty three people this year. Uh, they're going down to where they produce Benedictine mm-hmm. in France. I forgot the name of the place. And you know Burnley's yeah, yeah. drink. Oh, yeah, gosh, yeah. And it, it's just twenty five percent of all UK sales are in Burnley. And the popularity of it's just going up and up and up. I see. Yeah. I see. Uh, and, and the, pronun- oh, the pronun- pronunciation has to be. A Benny and not. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we even have the concourse here. Yeah. And it comes. I don't know if you know the story of it. Where it comes from? Um, I, I can't. I've heard the story. About it. Okay. Is it something to do with the trenches? 
Yeah, more or less. Mm-hmm. Where the East Lancashire Regiment was stationed in the First World War was where they produced the Benedictine, where okay. they did the back ride from. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, uh, they got the taste for Benedictine, mm-hmm. brought it back home with them, so that's where it came into Burnley, and this tradition of having a Benyanot, and, uh, you know, lots yeah. of Burnley miners, he's yeah, like, yeah. you know, and that's the biggest single place where it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the, the pe- these lads uh, are going to Benedictine, wow. I'm going to be there with the, with the thing to see Fair them off Benny. on the bennies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they, they, last year, they, I think they rose way over 20,000 quid. Wow. And it'll be even more this time. It costs probably. We do ask people to donate. Yeah. They don't. They yeah. don't. Yeah. But a fiver, something yeah, like yeah. that to it. But it can, it can cost 10 grand a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bigger, the bigger it is, the more it costs. Yeah, absolutely. There are some fixed costs, obviously. But and I guess the football clubs would give their space for free. And we get the space. Yeah, yeah. We get the space and we do it there. Yeah. Sometimes they do it on the hope when there's a, a match. Mm-hmm. Charlton were athletic were great. They, they, they did a separate uh, porter cabin for the away supporters to go and get tested. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, yeah. Burnley's are usually now we'll do them on uh, we'll do it on a non match day yeah, on, yeah. on a Sunday. Yeah. A lot do it when the team's away from home. Yeah, and do it like that. Yeah, yeah. And so we, we do it. We do it. We do it mm-hmm. like that. And, and obviously, and you've it, obviously had a huge, huge impact. And, and we're pushing it out because it's a great way. The mm-hmm. club can publicise it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you've got one of these in your area, you can. I guess are the screenings listed on your website? Yeah. If you just you'll get it all from it. If you just search for the Barry Kilby Prostate Cancer Appeal. The screens you get all the inf- all the information. As I say, we've uh, mm-hmm. we've won Accrington a week on Saturday. Yeah, Quite good on Accrington, actually. It, it, it's the game they should have played Bury. Okay. And Bury have gone out of the league, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're they're having a bit of a, a testing and inviting people from Bury to come across. Okay. And get tested. Yeah. They go. They're very good. They go. Community. They go and have a few. Uh, yeah. A few bennies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're a very good community Accurate. club, aren't they, Accrington? Oh, they they're are locally owned. They are. Behold. So. Um, yeah. So, if if anyone wants to find out more, if you just search for the Barry Kilby Prostate Cancer Prostate Cancer Appeal, it will come up in Google. Just a few other um, final questions, and then. If you want to, um, we'll have you read one of your poems, if you like. Oof. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> and then people can think, I like that, I'll go and buy the book. Okay, I'll um, do that. Um, so, uh, I guess, just, what's been your favourite part? We'll talk specifically about the football club. What's been your favourite part, of, or what was your favourite part of owning a football club? I think with it being Burnley, being in charge of Burnley, that yeah. sounds a bit, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, weak. Mm. Uh, you know, I've always been part of the club. My dad was a big fan of it, yeah. and to come and influence it, mm-hmm. and may I say, pull it off the yeah, bottom yeah. rungs and get it up to where I it mean, is. Yeah, you, you turned the club around. It's yeah. been fabulous, yeah. and uh, it, it means so much to me. My family, all my sons are, and yeah. and you know, I'm passing it on mm-hmm. uh, to them. I mean, there's a, there's a reason really that you're known as the King of Burnley, isn't it? Isn't there? And that's because you took it. You took it from nothing, right to a very. You, you turned this club around as a business, didn't you? I did. Yeah. But don't take away now. Mike's doing a fabulous no, job. Please, yeah, I, I that, don't want that, that to be. Conti- that has continued. He's continued there's fabulously. No, there's no doubt it's And the void. But yeah. yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and he, you know, from being this 
scrapping away at the mm -hmm. bottom of the third division, mm -hmm. and even like a little bit earlier where they've come from. Mm -hmm. And now we're where we are, and every, you know, the way the Premier League gets its yes its publicity, and we're there. Yeah, yeah. Every I would say every Saturday, then we barely play every Saturday. <laughs> every weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burnley's name is there for the whole nation mm -hmm. to look at and see, mm -hmm. and we're amongst. Arsenal on Sunday. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We've just played Manchester United. And won. And, and we're there mm -hmm. as the, the one Lancashire club from mm -hmm. the old clubs that started it in 1888. Yeah. Scrapping with these guys. And I think, spirit and here, I think a little apprehension when they come here. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. Came here yesterday, it was sleeting really badly, I think. Yeah. Hell, I wish it was Sunday when the Arsenal come up, you know. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> What what's been what's been your favourite singular memory? Do you have a was there a particular promotion or particular obviously signing? That, obviously that drops in. Mm -hmm. The first time we got to the Premier League, yeah, we played at Wembley, yeah, in, in, in the in the playoff final, yeah, yeah, and we did it. Mm -hmm. We won it one nil, yeah, yeah, and after all those years, yeah. we were in the Premier League, yeah, we got relegated at the yeah, end yeah. of it, but did we bounce back? back? Of yeah. course we did. Yeah. Uh, but I think that one's got to be, got to be there. Mm -hmm. That day, after all those years, mm -hmm. we got back to the elite of English football. Yeah. And how how intense is being somebody who is in the business of football? Because there are lots of ups and if you had that many ups and downs in a normal business within a twelve month period, gosh. You'd be all over the place. It's, but it's expected. I isn't think it? you've just got to live with it. The bouncing ball can cost millions. Is it intense though, or do you just sort of breathe in and think, "Well, this is the game"? Um, I think I'm experienced enough now to say this is the game. Yeah. They call me here, by the way, the club pessimists. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm terrible. Now that's my Lancashire background. Yeah, yeah. I can always, uh, you know, and they've laughed. I've even been said we scored too early, <laughs> and they all said, "Barry, why are you?" Sean, Sean texted Nick, Mickey out of me mercilessly about being like this, uh, this, this pessimistic <laughs> thing. I said, Sean, I can, it's, it's born in me. Yeah. There's this Lancashire mm -hmm. working class yeah. type person. I can hear my mum saying it now. Yeah. Whenever, Don't get carried away. <laughs> well, almost. Whenever, you know, when anything good was happening, mm -hmm. I can hear my mum saying it now. She'd look across and say, it won't last. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was almost that Lancashire <laughs> thing where you get your insurance policy in yeah, yeah. about it not happening. And uh, just one foot, really football-related question, I guess. But if you'd maybe spent a little bit more money, or is there anyone you look back now and think we could have had him and we should have? I'm struggling. Yeah. You, so I bet there is one somewhere. Yeah, I'm yeah. just desperately looking back now, yeah, just yeah, trying yeah, to think of one. Don't worry. Um, Maybe there isn't though. Maybe maybe because there must be ones that just slip through your fingers. Yes. I'll probably need ten minutes to think yeah, of that. Don't one. worry, we can come back to it <laughs> if you think of anyone. Just okay. just let me know. Um, and then what? Just a little bit about you, really. What um, what does Barry Kilby do to relax? What happens when the when you're not at football and you're not working? Um, I walk the dog. Yeah. That's a yeah. biggie for me. Yeah, yeah. I have my Labrador, Princess Millie. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's, that's a big, big yeah. thing for me. Yeah. As you can tell, I, I, love, uh, I love me reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love, oh, I, really. uh, I love 
mm-hmm. uh, poetry. Mm-hmm. George Orwell, I'm a, I'm a fab, uh, I love George Orwell. Yeah. And then you've got your ten point parties, and then, but I've got my ten point parties for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I love my social life. Yeah. Uh, and do you get much relaxing time? Do you get to sit in front of the telly at night? Or? Uh, well, I'm I'm seventy one, but I've still got a business that I have yeah. to do. So I, I work normal yeah. hours and. And Quite often a lot of travelling, a lot, I don't know how I've ended up with this, the clients, I've got Plymouth, Portsmouth, Ipswich, yeah. Yeah. you know, so all that. So you're still very thing. much working full time? I, yeah. I do, I don't know what I'd do. Uh, no. Uh, no plans to retire yet? No. Good. I just went 71, in fact I don't think I can because I, I broke my elbow about two years ago, slipped on some ice, oh, okay. so I had to be at home uh, for, for about six weeks, I couldn't yeah. drive. Yeah. And my wife Sonia, I think, was, 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 was almost <laughs> like shoving me out of the door by the end of them. <laughs> I think we would be divorced by now if we yeah, like yeah. 12 weeks. Yeah. And what, what do you think your, in terms of your, you, what do you think your greatest achievement is, whether that's in your career or your personal life? I, I mean, there are so many good, there are so many things you've achieved, I guess. I hope it's got to be around Burnley Football Club, but also yeah. going further back in my business. Yeah. You know, uh, that moment sat in front of Murdoch must have been a big hit. Murdoch, I could have I given you 3,000, tons yeah. of stories there, because I was with Maxwell as well. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking maybe I should, I've been all thinking about autobiography. You need to do to one, because I, there are lots of other stories. That I've, I heard a story on the way here, I rang a, a good friend of both of ours and said, I'm going to see Barry give me some insight and she told me about a story where you had to jump in a helicopter and head down to London um, to meet one of them for some money I think um, yeah there's lots of yeah so you've got some brilliant stories I've got to watch libel I suppose yeah 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 and, uh, uh, but I think you've got some, some you you should write the book definitely <laughs> um, so I think uh, well we'll just go through uh, a couple of quick fire questions what's um, what's your favourite food yeah, do you know? I was thinking about that all the way up here this morning. I was like, I could just murder a bacon butty. Um What kind of music do you like listening to? Uh, uh, from my era, I love like uh, Johnny Mitchell. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, I was listening to Fleetwood because, <laughs> of course, today we're recording on the day that um, Britain leaves the European Union today and this morning I was listening to Fleetwood Mac you can go your own way you can go your to, own uh, way kick off my kick off my day so yeah. give I'll, that I'll honestly, early, to tonight early, at 11 o'clock I, I go back early I was a big Beatles fan ok yeah yeah and uh, I used to be there every every Saturday night the Nelson Imperial yeah yeah, yeah that was fabulous the Nelson Imperial everybody was. talks about the imp yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the who all these big groups were there and everything mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's that sort of thing mm-hmm. uh, I love Johnny Mitchell, she's mm-hmm. a big uh, mm-hmm. one Yeah. And uh, what's the, the final question really, what's the one thing in life that you want to do that you haven't done yet? Oh, is there anything? I could say stay on the life. You've managed to do that just, very just, well. Just, just, yeah. just, it's a very difficult just, question just, for somebody who's um, done so much because I guess anything you want to, you want to do, you could, well, you, you started as... A young man in Blackpool and owned a football club. There can't be much else that you want to do, can there? I can't actually think of saying something. No, that I've like Obviously, I'd like to revisit places I've been yeah. in my life. Before. Mm-hmm. I, I like America very much. Yeah. I've yeah. quite a lot of business there. Yeah. 
So, and but that's not they always did a degree in American, American studies. I've yeah. always been like a bit of a, and an American company took me over. So, mm -hmm. like every month, I have to go over to uh, uh, Rhode Island yeah. and do all that. So, I, I do like America very much as a visit. Mm -hmm. I don't suppose that's one thing I would like to it must be brilliant to not have to have done everything you want to do and still and still be doing it um, that must be a very good feeling because not everybody gets that chance today right so, well thank you yeah, yeah. Uh, Barry Kilby the King of Burnley thank you very much for your time it's been a pleasure thank you very much we're going to leave you now with Barry Kilby's own poem written in honour of his dad called Father's Day as always, Splitting Feathers podcast is hosted by me, Paul White, and produced by Alex Hallisey. For more information, log on to www.splittingfeatherspodcast.co.uk. Father's Day. When Saturday comes, I smile as I remember your relief when this ritual came around again. The liberation, at least for a while, of the ever-maddening riddle of normal life. Debts. The kid, the nagging wife, lost in the day and the clarets winning. Your car ready and route planned, with your buddies and cronies you go, in convoy, with the kid in tow, to the corners of provincial England. So desperately seeking gratification. Women, booze, scrapes with the police, were necessary parts of your release from previous weekdays suffocation. In the end, this fire was the last of you to die. But that it did, leaving me with another kid to replay your battles of the past. Yet, you and me know it's not the same. It was the option for your very breath, to you and yours, life and death. To me and mine, it's just a game.